Lord, there are many, many men and women that feel like they've gone through the fire. And they feel like they're maybe in the fire right now. And they're battling a lot of different circumstances. And the adversary seems like he has turned up the fire to maybe seven times hotter. But we know that you're going to send the angel of the Lord to protect them and get victory in the end. Lord, we just ask that you would go and minister to them. There is nothing that I can say or do that's going to change their circumstances. But if we open up and we cry out to you and say, Lord, you touch them, you change the circumstances, you move the mountains, they are just staring at them, it seems impossible. We know in the Bible it says the mountains will be melted like wax. And it says in Mark 11, to say to this mountain of divorce, mountain of adultery, to be gone and have faith and we believe we need to walk in faith and not be defeated, not be discouraged. Do not doubt, it says in Mark 11. Lord, I pray that you will help every one of these people to walk in faith and victory. And know that even though they're going through trials and circumstances, that you're going to take them through to the other side. And that you are going to have them walk in victory and have a celebration when their prodigal comes home, like in Luke 15. Oh, dear Lord, you can bring the prodigals home at your perfect timing. We pray for every one of these men and women that are in this room that you will touch their spouse and change their heart to want to restore their marriage and build it on the solid rock of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for the children that are affected, and they truly are affected, and they want their mom and dad home, and we pray you would touch them also. We pray that you will move the mountains of circumstances. We pray that the father and mother that is away will open up communication and that they will not have times where the children do not hear from the other parent for weeks or months and sometimes years, which is just devastating. Lord, we pray all these circumstances that different people go through, that you will take them through the fire quickly and suddenly and move the mountain, that they can have family relationships with their children again, that the children will not be the ones wounded and hurt through this. Lord, we ask that you will just touch and open our spiritual eyes and ears and heart to receive everything you have for each of us. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory of what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you walk in love? That's my challenge for you tonight. You may have walked in here angry and upset about what your spouse is doing. And you have every right being upset with what they're doing. They're not acting Christ-like. They're being deceived. They're blinded. They're deaf to listening to the Lord. But we need to take accountability and take responsibility that we don't act like they're acting and that we're going to be different and we're going to ask the Lord because we're going to act and be the disciple of our Lord Jesus. The Lord says, imitate me, follow me, pick up the cross and follow me. Be like me. Don't react. And that's what we're going to get to. It says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. So regardless of what they have done, above all, love each other deeply. Not superficially. See? They're saying not superficially. Deeply. 
I didn't write this. That's why I'm so thankful. I just love coming teaching the Bible because Jesus is doing this. The Lord is speaking. God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus Christ. He is speaking all of this. And it's so awesome because when you start to study a topic, a subject, and you start looking at all these scriptures and you read them all together, what do you see? Power. You see instructions. You see there is no way of escape for the way I'm living and acting and feeling. There's no way I can keep condoning this. You could be spewing every day to go to work and spewing about your spouse and all the mess and the financial mess and all of this. And then, in the next minute, talking about your church and all of these different things, you got salt and pepper coming out of your mouth, light and darkness. And the Lord is saying, I want you to be solid. I want you to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to change. I want to mold you, make you to be a strong man and a woman of God. I want to make you to be the wife and the husband that I want you to be. You may have failed part of it. And uh, I hate to inform you, you failed at least part of it. Uh, Even though you may not think that right now, God will reveal to you, like he did to me, a list of things that he showed me that I messed up really bad on. I was pointing all my fingers, and that's why I divorced Bob. I was seeing everything was his fault, and I didn't see my faults. Guess what? God was glad to show me after the divorce. We need to be ready to say, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to be a disciple. I want to love you deeply. Let's go to Ephesians. Let's take the scripture that I just started talking about. Ephesians chapter 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God. We are to imitate. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Live a life of love. So I challenge you, if you have not oozing out love for your spouse and the other people, repent, cry out, say, Lord, I just don't have it. Guess what? If you will ask him to fill you up with agape love, with unconditional love, he will do it. He will bless you abundantly beyond more than you can ever imagine. All we have to do is ask. We need to ask. Lord, I want to be filled up to where I can love my husband unconditionally, agape love. Now, what is the meaning of agape love? From the Nelson's 3-in-1 Bible reference, it says it's a Greek word that's translated both as love and charity. Christian writers have generally described agape as a form of love which is both unconditional and voluntary. You know what? You have a choice. You've got a choice following the word of God. There are consequences to disobedience. So I challenge you and warn you that there are consequences if we disobey him when you get told the truth. So let me give you an example. Let's go to John chapter 3, verse 16. Everybody knows John 3:16, But in John 3:16, if you were to look up the Greek, you would see the replacement of the word agape love. It's the unconditional love. Remember what the Lord did. I'm reading it out of NIV. You may have it memorized in King James Version. But it says, For God so loved agape, the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now that's the promise. That's a promise for you, for your spouse. That God so loved the world, agape the world. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. And that's what we've got to understand. We want your spouse not to perish. We want your spouse and all your family to have eternal life. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. This is the description of God. Now, we've already done this. We're going to go from 7 to 13, okay? Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us. Because he has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him, and he in God. So we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. In this, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now, he's not just talking about your brother, brother, dear people. You might say that might be an easy person to love. He is talking about your brother of anybody, okay? Your brother Christian, our brothers and sisters in the Lord. He is saying your fellow man. He says, whoever loves God must love his brother. We're different. We have the light. The other people are living in darkness. So we need to understand that we want to pray for agape love. If you have agape love and you have that feeling of love and unconditional love for your spouse, then hold on to it and don't give it up. Don't get angry about the adultery or about all the sins they may be committing. But you've got to understand that it's not worth giving up. We need to walk in agape love over and over and over again. This is why I'm asking you to do a heart examination because a lot of us say we're all right, we can stand, but deep down we have a lot of bitterness, anger, and hatred toward the spouse of what they're doing or they keep on doing or they do something next week or the next week and you keep thinking, how much can I forgive? Forgiveness is not a good subject to discuss with Rejoice Ministry because we have a sign that literally says, forgive them. Billboards that say, forgive them. Why? Because in Matthew, it says, how many times are we supposed to forgive others? Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? How many times do I have to forgive that person that keeps pushing my buttons and pushing my buttons and pushing my buttons and keeps saying things? Or it could be somebody at work. 
you're in the car and they're really pushing your buttons how they're driving. Don't have road rage, please, people. Just love them unconditionally. He was thinking he was generous at seven times. He thought he was very generous. And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts. And if you will go on to Matthew 18, verse 23 to the end of that chapter, which is a long story about forgiveness. The secret is, you need to forgive your brother or the other person or anybody when they sin against you up to seven times. No, 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 no. He said, not seven times, but 77 times. Abundantly, over, 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 and over, and over again. How are you doing on agape love? Are you ready to put your agape love into action? That's what we need to do. Let me do one more. Since we're in Matthew, let's just go on to Matthew 22. God is not saying, okay, I suggest you do this. He is demanding it. In Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, not part of it, and with all your soul, not with part of it, and with all your mind, not part of it. It says this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He's saying, you know what? These two commandments are so important. This is my law, and I want you to follow them. So he is saying, this is not a suggestion. This is what I'm telling you you must do. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. And then verse 40 confirms it. Would you say I'm building a case on loving your spouse and any other person that you may have on your hate list right now? Do you think you're getting the message? It's not me saying this. This is what the Lord is saying. I know that you probably just hung up the phone from your spouse or you got a letter or got something nasty in the mail last week and you have got them high on your list of hate and anger and bitterness. Guess what? You got to go home and say, Lord, fill me up with agape love. Because right now, I really am angry and upset. In fact, I'm getting divorced. And I'm getting all these papers and all these financial things I have to fill out. Guess what? The Lord says, I want you to love them. Agape love. Unconditional love. Okay, love for your enemies. This is loving all the people. Remember the word all. I think our word tonight has been all. He doesn't leave anybody out. He hasn't said, except for. He hasn't done that. We are to love all our enemies. Let's go to Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5. Now, this is loving all people, and I'm going to show you that he is confirming that you are to love your enemies. So let me take you to Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. Verse 43 says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
You need to love your enemies, whoever they may be. Regardless, if you had a million dollars and you just have it taken away by these people that have stolen the money, it doesn't matter. Love your enemy. Forgive them, okay? Let me share that you have a choice tonight whether you're going to accept all these scriptures and believe it and accept it. The Lord Jesus Christ has spoken over and over and has given you many, many, many scriptures. Now, you have a choice tonight. You came in here. You wanted a message. You wanted to get encouraged. And I want to tell you, the Lord is telling you, I love you. God loves you. He has amazing love for you. But he is also telling you, I want you to show your love as a disciple and love the unlovely. Love the ungodly. Love the ones that are in darkness. You are the one that's in light. You have had the Lord touch you, change you. You may not be totally changed yet. And you're saying, well, I'm not there yet, Charlene. I'm, I'm still with the anger and the adultery part with the other person. But you know what? The Lord is knocking on your heart's door tonight. And he's saying, I want you to change. I want you to surrender all. And I want you to say, Lord, I want to be like that. It says, be imitators of the Lord. So how do we do it? How can we put all this action into love? Well, now, I know that Christ loves you. You may hear of tough love, but I want you to show me tough love in the Bible. I see the Lord forgiving me every day over and over and over and over again. I just thank God he doesn't knock me down every time I sin. You know, I'm just very thankful he doesn't go, wow, you know, what did you forget, you know? You, you know? How many scriptures do you have to memorize? How many times do I have to tell you? How many sermons and how many chapters of the Bible do you cannot remember to react the right way? But God doesn't do that tough love with us. He forgives us over and over, and we cry out because we feel the Holy Spirit knocking on our heart's door and saying, you blew it again. Why did you open your mouth and why didn't you just zip your lips? How many things do we not only say, but we do wrong? The Lord is saying, I know you're married. It's a covenant. It's a marriage. It's a commitment for life. You made a wedding vow. I would guess that many of you have had this scripture read at your wedding. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. You probably know the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. And now I will show you the most excellent way. It's agape's God's love way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. Remember the word all we've been talking about? There it is again. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. I'm going to do verse 2 again so you can get this. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, what is love? This is agape love. Verse 4, it says, love is patient. Love is kind. 
It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, because love never fails. Now I'm going to skip down to verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. All of us talk about, well, I have faith to move a mountain. I have hope. I know that I know my Lord can do this. But now I'm saying, the Lord is asking you and telling you, I want you to walk in agape love. That is what I want you to do for your spouse. And this is the month that I'm challenging you, that if you've never walked in agape love before, for all the people who may be on your enemy list or list that's a little bit, mm, you know, they push your buttons sometimes, then I'm challenging you to say, Lord, tonight, before you forget what we've taught, see, Lord, I want to love like that. I want to love agape love. I want to do it starting with John 3.16 and know how much you loved me amazingly, abundantly, beyond that I can even begin to imagine. He sent his only son to die on the cross. What are you going to give your husband or wife for Valentine's Day? I don't know, but your Lord knows what he wants you to do. He may tell you he wants you to pray. He may want you to fast that day. He may want you to send an email card. He may want you to do something special that nobody would know except the Lord in you. There's no greater gift that you can give your husband or your wife this Valentine's Day than the gift of praying and waiting for your husband or wife to see and hear God's truth about the permanence of marriage. There's no greater gift. You're doing it. You're standing in the gap. You're waiting. You've made a commitment. I'm going to stand. I know I'm never going to give up, regardless of what they're going to do. That's where you know the greatest gift you can give your spouse this Valentine's Day is that. Whether they know that that's the gift yet or not, but this is a gift no one else can give them. Your agape, your unconditional love. Now, I know that there are many people that have written letters or cards, and I know that the Holy Spirit tells different people to do different things, and your gift may not be accepted. Don't worry about that. You did what the Lord told you to do. That's all you have to do. As we said at the very beginning, there are people that are calling, sending birthday cards that haven't sent a birthday card in years. So God is moving on people's hearts and minds and bringing it to remembrance because you are walking in agape love, unconditional love every day. And the Lord blesses you for it. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So you may have many problems, but I want you for the rest of this month to start looking at the red valentines and all the hearts as something positive. That you remember to pray for the prodigals and your spouse, but you remember God's amazing love. And you start praying for all the other standards around the world. And remember, you are loved. These people, they may not feel loved. They may feel so deserted, so abandoned, so rejected. 
that this message in showing all these scripture of God's love is the most amazing good news that they'll ever hear. And they've got to know that they're loved by God so much that he sent his only son. In John 13, it says, Love one another as I have loved you. And it says, So you must love one another. That's that command we were just talking about. I gave you that scripture before. John 13, 34 to 35. We need to be self-controlled. We need to love. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, Let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and hope of salvation as a helmet. Remember, Jesus Christ is telling us, be imitators of me. Imitate me. Be a disciple. And let us learn to be the husbands and wives that we all need to be.